Jeff are locked in a very, very warm room. It's room. I'm let's pop warm. that thing. Let's pop it's that room. thing. Yeah. Oh, it's room. Someone put some chili on it. And oh, it, gosh. It's too warm. The Not only did they warm. put chili on it, but they put way too much cayenne. Yeah, that, it's, chili. it's a spicy chili. It's a spicy chili. Uh, um, Oh, man. Justin. Jeff. Beer cheese. Beer cheese? Good. Beer cheese. It's good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah beer cheese. Um, I do like, and it's not a super present flavor when it's in there. No, the beer. it adds like that stank, yeah, that sour that I I kind of go to cheese for that. How actively would you approach beer cheese at this moment in your life? Um, you know, would you resist the presence of beer cheese? No, I wouldn't. I like I like a pub cheese. Sometimes Trader Joe's has that like disgusting pre pre made, like, and it's almost like a paste, but yeah. it's like. It's got voluminous air in it as yeah, well. It's like beer, cream of beer jello. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good though. Um, and I've been thinking about that lately. I, I like I like a stank, though. Real stinky cheese will upset my stomach in, in a way that kind of upsets me. Cause... Well, you don't want too much stank on the cheese. Because no. if you're looking at what stank is, yeah. like it's mold. Yeah, it is, that's true. <laughs> but like, you know, if someone can sell a bad thing in a good way like this is poison. Cheese maybe. as an industry is yeah. just working it. Yeah, They're it's killing true. It. Um, yeah, but I would. I, I like a pub cheese. Um, I wish more pubs had it. Like you could just. I casually. was just thinking, like I've made that beer cheese twice now, and it's great. And I would love to have some beer cheese with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Homemade beer cheese was revelatory for me. Yeah, Aaron makes beer cheese mac and cheese, oh! and it's very very good. Um, but again, I'll eat too much sometimes. Give myself a tummy. <laughs> um, well, you've guessed it. Based on that preamble, we are here to talk about um, some very, very exciting books coming out this coming week. Uh, the week of December 5th? 5th. December 5th. This coming Wednesday is December mm-hmm. 5th. And um, last week, we sort of like, we went into the mines. We were the canary of the mines and found some gold for a week that was pretty small. Yeah. On the podcast, spoilers, we gave some high ratings to some books, yeah. but that wasn't the lived experience of the week for me. Like, I found after reading Heroes in Crisis and talking about it, I realized how much I like it. Mm-hmm. But last week was kind of a bum bum. It was, it was kind of a stanky cheese yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, but this week, I think it's the end of the month, beginning of a month. I totally kind of agree. Thing. Five uh, weeks, four weeks, it, it really has an effect. This week, we want to pick a fantastic four for all of you. Boom. Four boom books that you could hang your hat on and know that those four books are going to be your ticket. If you could only get four, we couldn't effectively narrow it down to just four. So we're going to do two each and then we're going to do two or three honorable mentions of things that buddy picks. Yeah. are just our buddy picks. Also, I think, you know how like there's season of Oscar bait. We're like towards the end of the year because you know, when you're going to call it, I think that's why this week is going to be good is in, you know, you December's the last way to sneak in like, that's oh, guys, true. remember how good this was before, you know, you, people start thinking about end of year lists. So, you know, we might be getting a little a little pub cheese, getting a little, <laughs> little, little spoiled for, for the is next. Is that some normal cheddar? Oh, that's pub cheese. Oh, no, there's beer in there. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why this week and all this stuff is very, very that's like, jam-packed. A, the good stuff is like, hey, hey, don't forget that great thing we did at the end of the year. This this guy's insight is why we all come here um okay so what i want to talk about is a little spoiler laden um Mm -hmm. my first book is kieran gillen's new book die number one by image comics that comes out this week um 
a little to part the kimono to sort of uh, <laughs> behind the curtain here. Um, they sent us a PDF of this issue about three weeks ago, and I read it, and it's a really good book. The art is really special. I forget who the artist is right now because I don't have it in front of me, so we'll talk about it on the podcast this week for sure. But the the premise of this book is that a group of kids is almost Jumanji-esque. The kids get together to do have a, a role-playing D&D night where the game master is running it and they've actually created the game. And you hang out with them and get to know them right before they start playing and they go in this room to play it. And then two hours later, their mom goes to check on them and they've all disappeared. And then we jump forward like two years and some car stumbles across those kids on the street at night. And one of them is missing an arm and one is like missing an eye. And then one of them is just missing entirely. And they keep saying that they can't talk about what happened. And then you take a 25 year jump and uh, the person who is missing is the game master and you get the D20 that the Game Master had. It comes in the mail to one of them, and it's covered in blood. And so the kids reunite to to go check this thing out. That's like Jumanji, It, and Stranger Things or You're something. You're totally <laughs> right. And it is, you know, part of me is like, oh, Kieran Gillen's doing something that is very in vogue. Yeah, and but also very him. It's he's very super, him. You're super. totally right. And apparently in writing this book, he's developed the rules for his own role-playing game that he's going to be um, doling out the rules in either the back of the single issues or in the back of the paperback. Oh. So he, he's actually created a game that people can play. All that to say, Kieran Gillen is one of those sort of cultish writers that people will read anything he does. And if you were reading Wicked and Divine, uh, you should definitely check this out. Or if you've liked anything he's done... This is really, really good. I really liked it. I'm super excited to read it again in my hands because it's never quite the same when you're reading it on a computer. But uh, Die, number one, by Image Comics is is going to be something special. We ordered a lot of it. I really think everyone should check it out. It was a super good book. How do you how do you feel, how does that all feel to you, Justin? We've never role played together. Well, no, we haven't. I have a really spotty attention span. But I write role playing campaigns, and every time that I've done it, it's always a little like milky until I get something that I'm really excited about. And my thought on the two that I'm the most proud of is like, Justin would dig this. Like yeah. I always think like this is the kind of writing that Justin would like. So one of these days, I'm gonna run a game for the shop that you. I would absolutely in. love to partake in that. Um... I remember hearing in passing on the podcast one of your concepts from one of the things you wrote and being like, that sounds fucking cool. Uh, yeah, I, I want to get more into role-playing. I used to do it a lot as a kid and had a few bad dungeon masters, Nathan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Nathan, uh, yeah. shots fired. I'm Boom. sure you're not listening to this. No, but. no, you don't listen to this. You don't even know it exists. But yeah, you did me dirty. And eight years old, not letting me have, uh, you know, conjuring moon golems and stuff. Dude, um, role-playing and the role of the dungeon master in role-playing is what I love about improv, because it should all be treated as yes and. Like, yeah. everything should just, like, someone should say something, and then you should just yes and with it, kind of like we do on the podcast every week. Just, like, no one should ever be ashamed to say a crazy idea, because everyone like put should... put chili on it. Yeah, put chili on it. Absolutely. Yeah. How much chili? And then what's the cause and effect of chili on something like that? Yeah, how do you get chili in this world? Um, so, Kieran Gillen, die. Everyone should check it out. Mm -hmm, Justin, but... what do you, what do? Uh, I am going to go with the Defenders, oh. number one. Yeah. I think... 
we're doing it defend there's Namor by Chip Zdarsky as well as the Hulk one by Al Ewing and the Hulk one is the first of the four yeah and I love that Hulk run I've learned that I really like Al Ewing um and I've always been interested in the Defenders team because it's usually a slightly more eclectic version of the Avengers yeah um so yeah yeah Al Ewing take it away that's what I say. Give me, give me a Hulk book. Give me whatever, whatever they're defending now. <laughs> so they're doing that is like four one shots across four different series. There's a Hulk, a Silver Surfer, a Namor, and a fourth person, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, of course. He's always on the there. stalwart. Yes. Um, and our orders are weird on this one because we're trying to match subs for certain books. So I think that like the Hulk one is going to be hard to get, but the Namor one will be plentiful. Everyone should check out the Hulk one because each is written by a writer that's pretty close to the heart of that series. So I'm really excited for the Al Ewing Hulk one. Yeah, I'm really excited for Jason Latour, Silver Surfer. I've oh. seen some um, like oh. some pieces that he's been doing for it, and it looks very good. Um, I find that I think he's actually a pretty good writer when it comes to superhero stuff. Like when Jason Latour, he created Spider-Gwen. He did the Spidey and Pete issue, Spider-Man issue recently. yeah. And he does all the art in Southern Bastards. Like, he yeah. is a super talented both end of the artistic spectrum. Yeah, and I know he, I think he did character consultation on the new Spider-Man movie, so I think he's just a kind of a un, unsung hero of, like, creative Marvel stuff. And I fucking love the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I do, too. Did you read that one? Yeah, issue? I did. did you, so the Silver Surfer annual that came out several months back, and we talked about it on the podcast. It's It felt to me like... Uh, the fourth issue or it's either the third or fourth that never existed of Mobius's Silver Surfer. Like yeah. the art is very similar. The tone is very similar. In the back it says like they do a write up and it just straight up says like this is a love letter to the two issues of the Mobius thing yeah. that we got. And those are like the best, some of my favorite issues. Of- I heard other people say that they felt it was a little heavy handed, but for me that week it was just sort of like, yeah, what people need is to a reminder to not judge and to be good. For sure. It was a little heavy handed, but I love Silver Surfer. And Araujo on Silver Surfer. I know. Goodness. God, he doesn't have enough uh superhero work. Or just enough work in general. Yeah, in general. Um Yeah, Defenders. Another thing. Avengers is usually like the team of the good guys, and then uh-huh. you see the Defenders as like the edgier ones. Edgy. Don't you think the name should be reverse? Like defending, you're defending that's innocent true. That's people. That's a noble and, act. Yeah, and then avenging, you're like, you, that's pretty close to revenging. It is. Yeah, it is, it, which it, gets a little murky. Yeah. So you know, think about that, Marvel. Hey, everyone, on this week, <laughs> think about that. What's yeah. the difference between avenging and defending? And yeah. who do you want to be? Yeah, and wouldn't you think that you would put the the nice guys on the defenders and the guys that are like, no, we're gonna go get them back for what they did to us on the Avengers? Marvel needs someone like you working with them. Um, okay, so my second book, in in light of the fact that we're going to have, you know, probably like a six-book uh, Fantastic Four for you here, um, my second book is Prodigy Number 1 by Mark Millar and Raphael Albuquerque. This is basically uh, a sexier, cooler, more contemporary James Bond oh. guy. And, there, you know, it doesn't hurt that there's a variant covered by... Frank Quietly that we're going to get. But Mark Miller has had a pretty interesting career, whether he's been, um, in his earlier years, he was very shock and awe, and it felt sort of shallow, like, you know, shock value things he was relying on to get people to read his books. Since his name has gotten big, he's actually, in the last, like, five years, just written a lot of really heartfelt things. 
And his last couple books are some of my favorite books coming out. Looking at you, The Magic Order. So uh, this book, while Raphael Albuquerque's art, I think is very, very good. He's not like my 1% favorite artist. But I think that this is going to be good. I like someone whose main superpower is intelligence. That's a thing that really... Is this is that, is that what they're going for in yeah, this? Yeah, he's just like a super intelligent person spy who's... Guy. Yeah, spy guy. Um, and I don't know, that just sort of gets me rock hard like the thing. Yeah. You know, it just gets turns me, me into up. a... It torch, torches me up like a Yancey Street uh, apartment building. Oh. <laughs> Woof. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that that's going to be good. We're going to order plenty of that. I really think everyone should check that out. Uh, Mark Miller, he's... If you haven't read some of his stuff in the past, his his output as of late has been really phenomenal and heartfelt. Yeah, I used to really dislike him for his, like, you know, for a while I think he kind of got off in being, like, the dickhead in the comic yeah, book industry as far as his writing. Um, but when you showed me Stardust... Starlight. Starlight. Yeah, yeah. There was, like, a bunch of emotional pull to that book, and I was like, holy shit, there's also a nice guy, Millar. Um, and since then, with the Magic Order, Starlight, I've, I'm slowly becoming a fan because he, he is pretty capable of doing a wide spectrum of emotions, not just, like, edgy, ha-ha, laughy, farty, yeah. vi- really violent stuff. So, yeah, I think that book looks real good. Yeah, I think he used to be a little bit more in the the, the camp of, like, Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. that's how you pronounce his name. Palahniuk? Palahniuk, yeah, yeah. Like, the you know, like, um, and I heard him even just refer to his, the stuff that he likes is, like, uh, just, like, really shallow stuff he likes you know dirty dirty stuff that everyone can appeal to and i think mark miller is sort of in that line but he also has this propensity for a lot of heart in his book so i think that everyone um should excitedly check out prodigy i think it's going to be really really good and, and a lot of fun and he's been doing a lot of short mini series so it's not a huge investment yeah um my second second book on this here fantastic roster is doomsday clock number eight <laughs> uh you know Doomsday Clock has been a really cool series as a big, big Watchmen um, fan, even though, you know, there is some... I'm a very both-and kind of guy, you know. Yes, I feel for Alan Moore. Yes, I don't mind... Or, no, I don't mind having more Watchmen stuff. (laughs) So, uh, I'm really excited for this book. I want to see... Superman and Dr. Manhattan have a punch him up in space. Dude, you called that (laughs) shot, like, a year ago, and, like, it's gonna... It just, almost feels like it's gonna happen. I know. So I, I can't. I can't wait for that moment when we all just sort of like toast the champagne glasses <laughs> to Justin. <laughs> I uh, just really like those superheroes. Love a love a those guys in the same book. It feels really. It's coming from a really organic. It has the same mouthfeel as Watch Watchmen. Yeah. Which I yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be the Watchmen sequel. I think it's just supposed to kind of make you reminded of of that kind of comic booking. So I'm very excited for number eight things are finally you're finally getting the dcu and the watchman you in the same same book which has been teased and talked about for like three years now and you know it took this issue to actually have the whole cast yeah like there's been seven issues so far i think only one of those seven has not been incredible i think that was number six and then number seven came out and it was so good yeah yeah i love it um, it's it's easy to not talk about it because it takes a couple months for an issue to come out and there's so much vitriol around a lot of it, but I I don't think that you can deny that it is like there is so much work and art in that comic book. There's so much intention and follow through. It's it's yeah, I can't wait to keep reading this. Again, like 
you know, the politics, they're ripping off Alan Moore and whatever, but it's coming from a place of love. And no matter what, I'm a fan of that story and that character. That's those characters and story is what made me an Alan Moore fan. So no matter what, like if I get more of that world, I'm going to love it. Like I'm a bigger fan than like my love for it stretches beyond my personal politics. Like, right. And that's my, that, that wording is so right. Like it comes from a place of love. Yeah. Like you can't, you can be mad that it exists, but you cannot be mad at that story. For sure. Because there's so much deference in it. Yeah, and that, like, DC Dunn did their nasty stuff a while ago, and they knew, like, with before Watchmen, it was a shock. But we knew that they were going to, capitalism is going to milk a thing for money no matter what. If you're DC, getting in the bed with a company or a yeah. corporation, you know that you're, you're going to wake fucked. up. Yeah, next to you're, a corporation. You're the writer, let alone one that claims that he's a wizard that is playing corporate ball games, like you have to know you're going to get fucked. Yeah. If there's someone's going to get screwed over between the two, the corporation or the individual. Yeah. You did work for hire. Yeah. We love you. You're one of our favorite writers. You did work for hire. They're, they're taking advantage of the work. Yeah. So. yeah. And it is at least it's a labor of love and a love letter to it. Like, Cause it could not be it, it. I mean, there could be a Rorschach ongoing that is, by I don't know Brian Azzarello or something, <laughs> just something that is pretty just you know capitalizing on the Colin name. Colin Buns, yeah. Rorschach. <laughs> yeah. So you know at least they are giving it their top guy and you know giving it, giving it a chance to be good. They don't have to make it good. Right. They own that stuff. Yeah, they they're gonna make money off of it either way for so. sure. Um, yeah, anyway, that's I love a... you, Watchmen and Alan Moore. Okay, so those are our Fantastic Four. That's mm-hmm. the four books you know that we are really excited about. But there's a whole, there's a, there's a, this is an equilateral triangle. Yeah. And there's a Jeff corner, there's a Justin corner, and there's an undeniable corner where Jeff and Justin shack up in a cyclical table and one of us hunts deer for the other on a giant yeah, bed. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. <laughs> um, and the first one of those books that we are incredibly excited about is Green Lantern number two by Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. Mm-hmm. If they're, gosh, it's almost close to a complete perfect Justin Jeff overlap. You could switch out the artists and it would be Mike like, Mignolo or Frank Quietly yeah, on TR yeah. and it would be so, so good. Yeah, it's um you know, when I read it I liked it, but I thinking about and I've like talked to people about it since, I've realized how much I really liked that first issue. Like I think Garrett Morrison is just dense makes me sound pretentious and like i think it's super smart but he just put so much energy into a book there are so many little throwaway concepts everywhere when i was like oh yeah the big oa book you know there's so (laughs) much to that or the the microwave lantern and all that stuff that he puts in there there. was apparently and i didn't pick up on this but apparently on that big book um like something has happened something has changed I reread that issue which speaks to the quality of the issue because i don't have a ton of extra time so for me to read a thing twice but apparently on that or during that, it has Dr. Manhattan's symbol. Yeah. Like the I, circle with the dot. In. I didn't pick that up. But like if he is like grouping in aspects of like the shift of rebirth and doomsday clock and man, like kudos, I, I would say even, you know, like I'm, I think that's great. Yeah. I remember seeing that Adam and that makes more sense because they even talk about something that fucks with continuity or like their new planet and this is changing the timeline and that's why we have this like prophecy yeah and also how this book is not really in the modern dcu but it also is it's going for this timeless feel 
I feel like maybe he's playing with those, like playing with, he's so post continuity. Yeah. Know, he'll, so I think that this meta continuity. Yeah. Why I think, can't it all exist? For sure. For sure. I think that this is one of the most high caliber books that we'll see. Like we'll be talking about another big Grant Morrison book. I would love to sell the trade to someone yeah. who's a Grant Morrison fan. Um, it feels like we got our boy back. Um, and at first I didn't think it, but talking about it with people and hearing people excited, other Grant Morrison fans, it's like, oh, this is this is just like talking about Batman and Robin. With That's the thing that I've really learned about this podcast is that, like, you know, reading a book, your initial interpretation of it is, like, sort of getting marbles in your hand. But uh, it's not until you sort of, like, play with those marbles and roll them around through the act of conversation with other people that, that I really understand a lot of my feelings about things. So if anybody's got feelings about books, like, come in, talk to us. That's like, my you, favorite part of the job. Yeah, like, talk to us about those things that you love because, you know, you'll make us think of something we didn't think about, and hopefully we'll make you, vice versa, think of something you didn't think about. So, um, yeah, let's all sort of refine our feelings for things. Yeah. It's it's very, very good. So another collective thing that we're excited about this week is uh, Shazam, number one. I think it's Shazam? Oh, sorry. Shazam, number, <laughs> Shazam one. number one. This was sort of bumped back a number of weeks. Jeff Johns is writing it. There's a really oh. nice Gary Frank cover for it. Uh, the movie's coming out. Jeff Johns doesn't write a ton of stuff these days, which I, I think benefits the quality of the work that he does do. But he's done some great Shazam stuff back at the beginning of Justice League. And this Shazam number one, I don't know a ton about it, but I'm real excited for it. Yeah, I like that character. Um, when I was realized I liked the misfit superheroes of the world and was hunting out like which superhero is me in this world <laughs> you know someone described him as magical superman to me so i've like really wanted to read a shazam book um and i read the jim lee illustrated superman shazam in the 2000s and it made no yeah. sense so i'm excited to read a book um, featuring this character i'm not super into the little kid you know, but the character has tons of cool mythology, and I'm really excited. I think the movie looks really charming, too. I do, too. Yeah, it looks it looks real good. And it's got, like, a Kendrick Lamar in the commercial, so yeah. that's all very, very good. Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Not with necessarily the hope that it's, like, going to be the best thing ever. It's not in that same category as, like, Green Lantern to me, but it's uh, really, it just looks like a lot of fun and very sweet. It, yeah, I just like more staple books. Like, oh, what am I going to read this week? Oh, this has been pretty good. This keeps my interest from week to week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Staple books. Like yeah. books that you're – and that was this week in the podcast. But I, You know, last week, I guess, this one. But uh, what I was realizing is just that I love a book that it doesn't – not every issue needs to be world-shattering. But just to be in the car with a book and be still enjoying the road trip is yeah. a huge thing that is not – that's not what people are selling nowadays. I know. Uh, more consistency. Like, I have huge highs, but real low lows. Like, last week I felt really just kind of bummed on comics in general until I read Heroes in Crisis. And that was, again, a big peak. And Mr. Miracle was those huge peaks that kept me reading books mm -hmm. throughout the, the last year. And now that that's over, I was worried. So I just, were, you know, remember what it was like to get a stack of books and enjoyed every single one. Maybe mm -hmm. I had a favorite. But having a consistent overall, like, um, I miss a consistent, like, staple books. Mark yeah. Wade's Daredevil was something that I always knew I was going to enjoy for the 25 issues I was collecting. Well, that and first now half. they just, like, they chase those big sale number ones and everything. Right? It just, they know where they can make money, and it's on a lot of advertising for a new number one for a miniseries. But, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, 
it was books, you know, it was like issue 23, 30 of a thing that you loved because you were on this, in this journey and there's fewer of those now. Yeah. I miss my favorite thing is having a run that, you know, the full context of and like the beats you can get or the moments you can get the quality you can get from having a very long run. And I really like number ones. Everyone likes a movie trailer, Yeah, (laughs) but uh, you know, to have some of the best character moments, you need 30 issues to set up. Oh yeah. You need groundwork. Yeah. And I, there, the industry has shifted away from like long, you know, complex runs, but some of the best moments of my comic book reading was Grant Morrison's Batman. Mm-hmm. And it was late in that run. Cause I had so much, so many years of collecting and investing. And in- well, I also love hearing you talk about when you love like Nightwing. Yeah. You know, like dude, you probably read it. like all of that Chuck Dixon. I Nightwing did. I, or something. Did. I, I owned it all. Um, and that's to me, like, I don't have a ton of things in my belt. Cause I, I was really into kids or comics when I was a kid. And then I got really into them as an adult. And I had this sort of anime music period between the two. So I caught up on a bunch of long runs, but I didn't read you know, periodical things, uh, you know, in my teens and whatnot. So I, I, I really love and admire the people who were sticking with books when it was just cause it was a book that you liked, you know, yeah. like, and, and maybe being behind the counter means you feel like you have to emphasize what's really good all the time. But sometimes just a thing that's like a six that you still just like getting in the car with is the best thing you can have for sure justice league dark it's like never a 10 but always a six like (laughs) and i don't need a 10 from it is the thing it's just like this is just kind of you know power rangers but with magic you know it's just like kind of a shoot 'em up bang you know cheap power rangers with magic i love that yeah it's like a cheap thrill but it also has magic in it which i like you know um, one thing that we want to talk about before we go, also a third, a third sort of co-book, which means that instead of Fantastic Four this week, you're getting uh, Surreptitious Seven yeah. or something. <laughs> um, but uh, Martian Manhunter number oh. one by Steve Orlando. In the tradition of Mr. Miracle. In the tradition. <laughs> and Riley Rossmo is doing the art. And exactly. It seems it seems a little bit like, oh shit, Mr. Miracle's done, so we need another twelve issue maxi series that's a deep analyzation of a character. Let's get some M's in there. Yeah, more more yeah, yeah. Mr. Martian Miracle Man. <laughs> yeah, we were Brayden and I were saying miraculous for uh Miracle Man back in the day. Uh, Mr. Miracle. So we were like trying to say Miraculous Martian Mayhem. Well, yeah, we were just trying to think of all the M big series that they try to... Oh, yeah, make. it's a big letter. If you want a big philosophical book... Well, your phone just started... Searing by itself. That's, Whoa, it's recording what I'm saying. I can, I'm watching what... What the fuck? Okay, anyway, so Martian Manhunter is going to be very good. Everyone should check that out. And then we got to get out of here before the spirit of whatever is happening yeah, what? continues happening. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Jeff and Justin talk about four fantastic books that we're excited about this week. Mm. I'll see you on, thank God, on Wednesday we're working together. Oh, yeah. And then hopefully we'll record a podcast. And like I said, this is going to be a jam-packed, really good week of books come in and tell us what you're excited about because i'm sure we're gonna vomit what we're excited about all <laughs> over the place on yeah this we would Wednesday morning. yeah we would love to hear what you're excited about and if you have feelings on any of these books just come in and talk to us about it uh please that's what this shop's about getting to have a, a voice for a thing that you don't normally have a voice about so yeah please come in and tell us about it thanks so much i'm jeff i'm justin and we really like you we'll see you all on december 5th for new comics